0: good morning glad you could join us this morning this is a very unusual way to do church Uh, it's interesting to me that we are getting an opportunity to be the church and not just do church this morning so I hope that you're in a uh, prayerful mood today we're gonna kind of call call all of us to prayer at the end What's really interesting is God has called us to this fast long before we actually knew that we were going to be running into this situation at this time, this coronavirus situation where you know everybody is kind of unsure. There's a lot of uncertainty out there right now, and and uh, but there's no reason to be fearful. We've already put out an email to the whole church about that. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, the good news is that we've got a lot of things going on. We've got a We've got a permit in hand. The city uh, and the county of Mecklenburg has, has given us a permit, and so we're ready to roll. We've already uh, begun that process. On, on the 28th, uh, Saturday the 28th, we're gonna have a demolition day. We wanna invite you all to come to that. It's gonna be a great day. Um, and, uh, and so we're doing that. We're also fasting for the church in America, for our church church in this city the church in this nation and the church in nations all around the world and then President Trump has made today a national prayer day and so we're going to join with the President of the United States and we're going to pray today at the end of the, at the end of the time together but I wanted to just start with um, Romans chapter 13 and the reason I wanted to do that is is because we kind of we got to hit a couple of bumps in the road going this week trying to decide what we were going to do. And ultimately we came to the place where we felt like we had over 100 people that were meeting. We have anywhere from 130 to 160 people meet generally uh, on a Sunday morning at each service somewhere in that neighborhood and and uh, we 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 uh, were asked anybody over 100 not to meet and so And so let me tell you why we decided to go ahead and do it this way this morning. Romans chapter 13, uh, verse 1, I'm going to read all the way through verse 14. It says this, Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished for the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right but to those who are doing wrong would you like to live without fear of authorities do you do what is right and they will honor you the authorities are God's servant sent for your good but if you are doing wrong of course you should be afraid for they are the power to punish you they are God's servant sent from the very perfect for the very purpose of punishing those who do us wrong. So, you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but to also keep a clear conscience. Pay your taxes, too, for these same reasons. For government workers need to be paid. They are serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes. And government fees to those who collect them and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. I'm just going to stop there. Uh, This morning we felt like that we needed to honor the governor as he asked us to not corporately meet. We don't know what we're going to do in the future. We don't know what that's going to look like. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to pray and, and we're going to believe that God is able to put a halt to this coronavirus and, um, and all the fear that seems to be rampant as we, as we move through this. So this morning, I just want to talk a little bit about the difference between faith and fear. First of all, we need to define faith. We always want to do that in most messages, bring a definition Uh, We know that fear and faith can't exist together, and so let's look at what Paul says about faith. He says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one through three, he says, now faith, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their accommodation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, and so, What is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And so faith is being certain of what we don't see. It's understanding who God is, the character and the nature of God, and that he is a faithful, truthful God. It's the absolute belief that God is constantly working behind the scenes in every area of our lives, even when there's no tangible evidence to support that fact. Faith and fear are different because, simply stated, fear is unbelief, or at least weak belief. And that unbelief gains the upper hand in our thoughts, and fear gets the best of our emotions. And so you see a lot of that happen today. Our deliverance from fear and worry is based on our faith. When we have faith, we're no longer... Uh, living in fear and living in worry. It's the very opposite of unbelief. Faith is the very opposite of unbelief. And so uh, what we know is that we can't produce that ourselves because faith is a gift. It's a gift from God. Ephesians talks about that in chapter two, verse eight and nine. It says this, for by grace, you have been saved through faith, and that, not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Faith is that gift. It's not a thing that you can work up, or most likely you'd brag about it. And God knows that. And so, and so, faith is a gift. And fruitfulness or faithfulness bears fruit. It 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 is. Um, it is the fruitfulness of the Holy Spirit. It's a characteristic of the Holy Spirit that is produced in our lives only when we allow the Holy Spirit to rule and reign in our lives. And so we know that faith is this great gift. Galatians puts it this way. And in Galatians chapter five, verse 22 and 23, it says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control, and there is no law against these things. So the Christian's faith is a confident assurance in a God who loves us, in a God who knows our thoughts, in a God who knows our cares, in a God who knows our deepest needs. We have faith that he knows what we're going through. So our faith continues to grow as we study the Bible and we learn the attributes and God's amazing character. When we know God's character, that helps us grow in our faith. So our our goal in life is to grow in our faith. So how do we grow in our faith? Well, growing in faith is what I think every Christian desires. We have a desire to grow in our faith, and we know that God desires to produce in us faith. So. How do we do that day to day? How do we do that in day to day life? Because God doesn't want us to develop fear. He wants us to conquer fear and develop faith. So how does faith come? Well, faith comes by hearing the word. You can't get enough of that. I was just talking to Frank Clark. If you heard his testimony last week, he, he finished the New Testament this week and his testimony this week is he read it again. He not only finished what he was doing from Philippians on, he he read it again. And you know, it's amazing to me how sometimes we make something seem so big. You know, that seems like a daunting task to read the New Testament. What a daunting task, you know. I I don't think I could, you know, I, I certainly couldn't get that done in the next three months, much less a month, much less a week, much less twice in two weeks but that's exactly what it did. Now it doesn't seem like such a daunting task for Frank. And I just encourage you today, is how you're gonna grow your faith. You have to get in the word, you have to get to where you know God, and then you have to uh, understand that his character, his attributes, his way, and having confidence in that is the way that your faith grows. Secondly, we need to understand that God wants us to rely on him. He's, that's what he's. That's what he's all about. He he wants us to to rely on his great grace in our lives to actually sustain us, so that we don't we don't walk in fear. You know, I was reminded uh, this week as as I've been talking on the phone. And you know, first of all, that God didn't give us a, a spirit of fear. You know, He gave us. He gave us, uh, you know, he wants us to have a strong mind. He wants us to be solid in what we are and who, who we are. But but even more than that, God, God uh, he, he, he wants us to be different than the world. He doesn't want us to look like the rest of the world. We, we should be walking in this uh, challenge that we face differently than the rest of the world. There, there shouldn't be a lot of worry. And, I, and, I, and if I look at the Psalms, I see a picture of David. David is, you know, as you know, is one of my favorite characters in scripture. We can learn so much from him, but like us, he experienced times of fear and, 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 and challenges. And in Psalms 56, 13, this is the New Living Translation, it says this, for you have rescued me from death, you have kept my feet from slipping. So now I can walk in your presence, oh God, in your life-giving light. What really is encouraging to me is right before that, in verse three, it says this, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. I begin to have conversation with you, God, and I remember who you are, and I remember what you say about me, and, and, and I just trust in that and it's filled with, with verses expressing the way in which David treasured God's word. He, he loved the word of God. He, he just poured it into his life. It says in 119, 10 and 11, with my whole heart, I will seek you. He says, let me not, let me not forget your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. 119, 15 and 16. He says, I'll study your commandments, Lord. I will reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees. And let me not forget your word. Let me not wander from your commandments. David had this lifelong journey and lifelong mission to know and depend and to trust in the word of God, I encourage you today, get in the word of God. Uh, it's not a—it's not too big of a task. You, you just gotta get started and, and allow God to teach you who he is and trust in that thing. So we need to understand that as we go through trials, those trials were designed to, to grow our faith, to test our faith, to help us grow in our faith. God wants us totally dependent on him and he, and he, has, he has an understanding of our weaknesses. He knows that we're weak, but in our weaknesses, he, he requires us to move forward in our faith. We don't need to just stay in our weakness like, like the world. We need to trust in our faith and move forward. The Bible's clear that faith does not mature and strengthen without trials. That's why James says, count it all joy brethren when you fall into various trials because the testing of your faith produces perseverance and when your perseverance has done its perfect work, you'll be complete lacking nothing. You'll be where you should be based on the length and time that you've known the Lord. And so there's this understanding that faith does not mature without trials. And adversity is God's most effective tool to develop strong faith. We see that in the life of David. Again, you know, when David uh, began to, um, when he came up upon Goliath, and he and he contemplated and began to pray, he showed how he depended on God. And and it says in First Samuel chapter seventeen, verse thirty-seven, it says. David said this, he said, the Lord who has delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to get David, go and, and the Lord be with you. So so when, when David started this fight, the reason that he could start this fight with Goliath, Goliath is because he already had proof, he already had experienced the protection and the grace, the great grace of God on his life, the power of the Holy Spirit, to be able to do things that he couldn't do on his own. And uh, he had been through great battles. David knew that God, who had sustained him through the dangerous situations in the past, he knew that he, he would sustain him in the, in the future. So the word of God is rich with these kinds of promises. <laughs> And that, and that uh, it's designed so that we can take hold of them and that we can grow in our faith as well. And so when we face financial troubles, we need to understand what it says in Philippians chapter four, verse 19. And the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. If you're, worried about your finances in this, in this time that we're living in, just put your trust in God and he'll meet your need. He supplies all your needs from his glorious riches. If you're anxious about a future decision, you can, you can look at Psalm 32, 8, and you can see what David said or the psalmist said, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with an eye upon you, the Lord says. He's got his eye on you. He knows what you need, and he's going to meet your every need. If you have sickness, you can depend on Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 5. It says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who He's given us, and so we can depend on God even in sickness. There's nothing that we're going to face that we can't have faith in God. Faith is the opposite of fear. And so, maybe, maybe you've got family members, maybe you've got somebody at work or something like that, and and there's there's friction. There's maybe maybe you had a friend that turned on you. Romans 8:31 says this, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be who can be against us? In Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then, say with me, then you do this, I'll do this, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And so we're gonna walk in faith. We're not gonna walk in fear. And as we do, we're gonna understand who our God is. There's no better expression of that than in Psalm 91. We were at Wednesday night Bible study and Abba was the one who was leading and he, he actually quoted Psalm 91 without looking at it. I can't do that, but I, I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. And I want you to, this morning, as, as you read along with me, I want you to be praying these things over your family. You know, as you, as you gather together, uh, move into a place of faith make sure that you're not walking in fear. You need to walk in wisdom and there's wisdom in counselors, people who love the Lord, who are called uh, to him, who who know the word and make decisions based on that. Those are, are, that's godly counsel. Those are people who are trying to do righteousness. Um, And so you want to count on them, but you want to walk in faith. You want to know the word. You don't want to live in fear. And listen to what it says in Psalm 91. Pray this over your family. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust in Him. For He will rescue you and me from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of night, nor the arrows that fly in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disease that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, These evils will not touch you. They will not touch you. Say that with me. They will not touch you, touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer, I will be with them in trouble, I will rescue and honor them, I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Today we're going to move from a place of fear to a place of faith. We're going to submit to the governing authorities and that is going to allow the Lord to pour his spirit out on us and there's going to be great grace upon us. I thank you for your faithfulness to Eastside Church. I thank you for your faithfulness in giving as, uh, as we go through this process. We've got to make sure that we keep keep everything up because we're going to start the building project, so I, I appreciate you staying faithful and consistent in that. It's going to be amazing. Can I pray with you? Father, I thank you today that that as we gather in so many homes and as we gather in small groups throughout the week, I pray, God, that as we fast and uh, that, that we would have revelation of who you are like never before. I pray all through our body, God, that we'd get a new passion for your word, that we'd get stirred up, God, that we'd stir the gifts up in us, God, and that we would begin to function in a way that that we haven't in a long time or maybe never have in our lives, God. I pray that your word would come alive in our hearts I pray, Lord Jesus, that your great grace would come upon us. And I pray, God, for, for boldness. I pray for miracles, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, for our government and for those in leadership. I ask you to bless them. I pray that they would have wisdom and revelation, God, of who you are and what you're doing. God, you're not surprised by, the, by where we are as, as a nation and where we are in our in our culture around the world. This is not taking you by surprise. You're going to work this thing, God, to a place where more and more and more people know who you are and they they begin to depend on you. You're going to grow your church. You had your church fasting before this happened. God, I just thank you that you're going to do something great. You're going to do something great. And so I thank you for your great grace. I thank you for your spirit that's going to be poured out in these homes. And I thank you, God, that we're going to walk in faith and not fear. Thank you, God, for those in authority over us. We ask your blessing upon them. And we pray great grace, great grace, great grace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. Keep praying, keep fasting. Be the church, amen.